Welcome to Book to Weird. Two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snudden. Uh, we're Lazy Summer Podcasting rolls on, but it's it's coming to an end, Rob. We've only got another couple weeks. I know. It's like the books just keep piling up and piling up, or at least appearing. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, by piling up, there's like at least two that we're going to review. Yeah. So, um, uh, it looks like we're probably going to go to the end of the month and maybe uh, maybe a little bit of next month since technically I think uh, it's it's uh, summer lasts until October, I think. Right. No, September. September, September 21st. Is 20th. that the first day of fall? Yeah. No, then we're going to be right on right on schedule because I think our first um, our first episode in October, at least, is going to be a book review. So uh, for those of you who are struggling through this much like we are, um, it's coming to an end shortly uh, this week. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we have a few topics. We expect there will be more topics to pop up as we go. But um, the first one we're going to talk. Should we handle the serious, the actual like fairly serious stuff first? Um. Yeah. Let's just get that shit right out of the way. All right. So, um, a long time listener, um, Brendan Detzner, and I'm hoping I pronounce his name right. We met. God, is it two years ago now at the Teats thing? Is that where we met him first? That was a year ago. City lit reading. Yeah. Was that only yeah. a year ago? Really. Yeah. All right. Well, it was a year ago, and that bitch stole our pie. <laughs> I remember that really well. Um, he had shared an article on uh, on Facebook that, to be honest with you, there's a whole lot of fucking math. And I don't know if you've ever listened to the podcast, but we're not so good with all that. But basically, um, the American, I'm sorry, the Association of American Publishers. I'm going to read some of this so I can get it right. Who's twelve hundred AARP? Yes, that's that's retired I that publishers. Was, oh, rep- yeah, that's oh. when publishers get old. They go they to the retired get, publishers. Yeah, yeah, it's the AARP. But until then, until <sighs> yeah. they're retired, yeah. Twelve hundred members include the Big Five, and then eleven hundred ninety-five others apparently <laughs> um, include the Big Five. And, and I didn't realize there's twelve hundred um, publishers in this, and this doesn't constitute. Or include what you and I and probably most listeners think of as like small publishers, like a lot of the stuff that we review um, comes from not the 1,200 publishers that are part of this collective, which is a little weird. Because if I asked you how many like publishers do you think there are, if we took out the the micro presses, what would you have said? Um, I don't know. I would probably say like 50. Yeah, I mean, I would have gone as far as maybe like 125, and I don't know. This may include um, nonfiction too, so I'm sure there's some some publishers. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. But yeah, I would yeah. 250 would have been surprising. 1200, staggering. So that's 24 per state. That is sure. Is that right? Yeah, I guess that's right. <laughs> Why See, would some, I say that if I didn't true. just do the math? I have, I have no, I have no idea. So I didn't hear you carry any numbers or anything. Oh, I have a calculator on my phone. Your phone has a calculator? Yeah. That's pretty cool. It must be one of those iPhones. It is. <laughs> Not the newest one, but of course. <laughs> of course. Well, the newest. It is the newest one, though, isn't it? Because the newest one technically isn't out. Oh, damn. You got me on I'm totally derailing this, but you. yes, you are correct. It's not out yet, and you got me on a technicality. Can I go back to what we're actually talking about? Please, please. Okay. So they had their share between February 2014 and September 2015, which is kind of weird because you'd think they would just cover a year, but they're deciding to cover 18 months, so some of these numbers might be a little sketchy for that reason. Their share, so everybody we think of as a big publisher and then everybody else basically too, of all Kindle books, their share went from 45% down to 32%. So of every 100 Kindle books sold, those 1,200 are now only selling 32%, which means that self-pub and micro-press, um, a lot of whom we're friends with, are, are eating up a significant amount of revenue from, from the big guys, which you know, we always talk about, oh, this is the future or whatever. But do you realistically think that, like, you know, the little guy would eventually take a big chunk out of the corporation? Um, a, that's the trend right now. But B, I have a question. Did it state specifically that all of that percent of... Income went directly to small publishers, or well, it's people who aren't included in these twelve hundred, and the twelve hundred includes I'm the fairly certain every, every name of a publisher uh, I gotcha. that you don't know on a personal level. If that makes sense, uh, it's not like, just the big five. It's gotcha. I got yeah. I got myself all, all twisted around, but um, 
<laughs> Oblivious, this won't be a super surprise to you, but like, um, small is big right now. If you think about the beer industry, the craft beer is just destroying domestic, you know, uh, beer consumption. So. I, um, I didn't know that. Like, I would, much like this article, I wouldn't have thought that. I thought, oh, yeah, there's people who drink microbrewery beers or, or what. Is there something in between microbrewery? Is there like a medium brewery too? Microbrewery is kind of an outdated term. Okay. Um, so you've got the places like Anheuser-Busch and Miller who have like, you know, national distribution and stuff like that. Um, your craft beers are going to be um, a significantly smaller level of production and their their distribution is going to be regionally limited and stuff like that. So those are the guys who are, they're big enough to kind of hit like, they'll, they'll distribute within their state or possibly like, you know, neighboring states, but that's about it. Um, and they're nowhere near the, the volume of distribution of a large, um, a large company. That's the type of, um, company right now that's killing it in the beer industry. And there's like 5,000 new every month or something like that. It's insane. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's kind of a similar thing and I just, I don't know, maybe media taints my view on that a little bit. Cause all we hear is, you know, the 1% and you know, how the gap is growing, but it seems in some of these businesses. So in, 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 you know, super micro publishing. And I imagine a lot of this is, is probably a lot like, um, um, the, the, what the hell was the book we reviewed last week? Backdoor brat, whatever backdooring the brat, you know, <laughs> how if, could you, you forget? Know, if somebody pays for that, you know, that's, that's, um, it's not necessarily taking a chunk because uh, Hachete is probably not publishing similar stuff, but it is taking a piece of the, the collective pie regardless. So yeah. it doesn't matter. It, even if the pie becomes bigger, that piece of the pie goes to the small guy. So, I mean, that's awesome news for, for um, independent publishers, for, um, you know, self-publishers and stuff. I, I, it's just, I, I'm, I'm staggered, I guess, by the numbers. So I was very, very surprised. And in this article is really intricate and goes into. So here's a couple other bullet points just from the top 10th of this article. Um, same period of time, big publishers, the 1,200 that belong to the AAP, their share dropped from 64% of Kindle publisher gross revenue down to 50. And that's where it really hurts. Forget how many books are sold. We're talking money now. So 14% drop in, in their revenue. And uh, from 48% of all Kindle author net earnings down to 32%. Something occurred to me because I joked about us not being good at math. And actually, we are pretty good at math. <laughs> um, we're talking about the pie. If the pie becomes bigger, it's that's not to say that they're still not getting the exact same dollar amount. Because if the pie is growing, right, it's their percentage of it. So I don't know that they're actually losing money. I'm doing the quotes that they're losing money. Um, so much as they're not getting as much of as they did. And maybe further in this article, I'm going to scroll a little bit and see if there's anything else in there that indicates what the actual dollar amounts mean. I don't know, man, but I am fascinated by that chart that shows the sudden appearance of a shadow industry of indie books without ISBNs. Yeah. That's fucking That's, cool. I can, yeah. I got a little paragraph here in 2015. We began tracking in our reports, which indie books had ISBNs and which didn't. And therefore we part, and therefore we're part of the no ISBN publishing shadow industry, a burgeoning market sector that remains completely invisible to Nielsen, Bowker, the AAP, or any other traditional providers of publishing industry statistics. Off the off the radar, man. Off the grid. See, and the funny thing is, you said shadow industry, then you said off the radar, and I go, This is this is really, really cool. But you know those books are no fucking cooler than ones with ISBN numbers. They sound <laughs> Like they'd be like, I want to read those books. Those yep. books have to have some something. And you know what? It's the same people that are writing the other books or something very similar. So. Yeah, they just found a way to not need an ISBN. It's um yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. I don't I, I guess I, I'm gonna probably in my free time actually read this, which I'm sure is mostly very, very dry. Um, for example, here's a paragraph for you. Traditional publishing's May 2015 to September 2015 fall in ebook dollar market share is the steepest quarter over quarter drop we've seen so far since AE first began tracking ebook sales in the Amazon Kindle. I mean, it's just that kind of dry, you know, um, reading. But oh, any rate, sorry, I fell asleep there for yeah. a second. Was... <laughs> you non ISBNers <laughs> and you self publishers, um, you are getting yourself a bigger share of the. Um, book industry. I mean, I guess I could say ebook, but realistically, this is this is their books. 
So I don't have to say ebook anymore of, of the book industry. This just reinforces my want to make a um, erotic fiction anthology. Didn't I want to do that? Yes, yes, you did. Oh, here, though, some of this. This is an interesting fact. All right. Last month, a self-published indie print children's book, a trade paperback, was one of the top five print bestsellers in the U.S. for over two weeks, selling over 29,000 print copies in its first week and hitting number six on the USA Today's combined bestseller list. That's a lot of copies, my man. <laughs> in parentheses, you ready for this? An oddly timed rule changed that same week by the New York Times bestseller list kept it from appearing on the New York Times list. Coincidence? Uh, maybe. I have no idea. But that's... Uh... <laughs> There's no fucking way that wasn't on purpose. Yeah. And Walmart will shortly be carrying a self-published book on its store shelves, Jamie McGuire's Beautiful Redemption. That definitely sounds like something that I'm never going to touch. Yeah, well, Wheel of Meat's coming back. Oh, fuck, man. Don't Why forget do you just the... keep throwing it? Yeah, you're right. Wheel of Meat's coming back. Of course, I love Wheel of Meat. It makes me happy all the time. It does. At any rate, um, so uh, I, I don't know. There's probably some magic way that Rob can provide a link for this. If not, I'm going to read to you what this is. It's from authorearnings.com. If you want to Google it, it's the September 2015 Author Earnings Report, and you can uh, read all of this fun stuff yourself. Speaking of kids' books on yeah. the bestseller list and weird rule changes, hmm? um, a friend of the show made it to the New York Times bestseller list. Not really a surprise, I guess. <laughs> um, best friend of the show, right? Now, best friend of the show. <laughs> I didn't realize how good of a friend he was until recently. Kind of coincidentally, that's like, you know, New York Times pu- uh, publishing uh, know, timing though, on this one. You think about it. When we had him on, he wasn't a bestseller. Just a short time after that, he winds up with the TV show and mm-hmm. the New York Times bestseller. That's right. So, coincidence? Man, we make shit happen. We just talked to Paul Tremblay. That guy is like three steps away from being like president of the moon. That's, yes, he is exactly three steps. I, I had to make sure you're right, three steps away. Yeah. Congratulations to Chuck Wendig for um, for cracking the top 10 in New York Times bestsellers. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that are saying, oh, well, sure it is. It's a big Star Wars book or whatever. You know what? Fuck you, jealous people. That guy now can say he is a New York Times bestselling author. And I want you each to ask yourselves as you're listening, if you're an author, ask yourself this. Am I a New York Times bestseller? Yep. And until you can say yes, then shut your fucking face. Exactly. So any rate, <laughs> um, lots of love for Wendig. We will be reviewing that book. That's probably going to be the book we return to our normally um, scheduled programming post Lazy Summer of Podcasting. We'll be reading Aftermath, um, partially because A, Chuck Wendig, um, B, because we read a Star Wars book and we're hoping this one's going to be better, and C, controversy, controversy, controversy. I mean, we talked a little bit about this last week, but the controversy continues with this book. Yeah, I think that, um, so the controversy we spoke about last time was the um, Sad Puppies-esque uh, kind of rebellion, haha, <laughs> get it, Star Wars, against Wendig's <laughs> book, um, where people were bashing it for having gay characters and just bashing him for not being a, you know, saying he's not a good writer and all that kind of stuff, and then there was the backlash to the backlash where they were saying that this was, a, you know, Calculated attack against him because they didn't like the fact that he was writing new Star Wars books and it was very political and everything. And um, it's kind of just carried on where the the whole like you know, the whole concept of this controversy is is kind of gaining traction on its own and being shared. I've seen big, um, was like the New York Post or something like that did something about it. Um, there's been some big name. Uh, news outlets covering this whole controversy, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's our job, right, as journalists um, to just put an end to the controversy. We're going to tell you if the book's any good or not, and we're going to give it to you straight. Yes, and we are roping in because we want as much objectivity as possible in this. Um, We're roping in um, a friend of the podcast who is, I would say, probably the least controversial person that we know, right? Uh, yeah, 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 that's fair. I mean, I can say it. Well, yeah, you can say whatever you want. Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right, as long as I can say it. Um, We are going to have 
um, the one and only Brandon Teets uh, on as a guest reviewer. He's going to read the book and he's going to review it with us. Um, yeah, I honestly I don't know where he's at on Star Wars, like if he's a fan or not. But um, uh, a deal was struck to have him on the podcast, and I'm happy to have him back. We had a ton of fun with him last time. So I have a reaction now when um, when people tell us to do things, I tell them to do it with us. That's my natural reaction now. It's it's working out great. I don't know if you've noticed. Um, yeah, yes, yes, I, I've noticed. Brandon yeah. texted me and he said, "You need to do that Star Wars book," and my response was. Do you want to read it too? <laughs> or do you want to review it too? And then he said, yeah. Well, there you go. So that's um, so that's coming up um, end of the month, beginning of October, whatever that week, however we that falls that, that we do that. Um, but back to our original thing. Congratulations, Chuck Wendig. I am so goddamn happy for this guy. I, I'm all about I'm all about titles, right? So I love it. I love it, right? It's a award winning podcast, means yeah, the yeah. world to me. New York Times bestselling author. Good for you, man. I don't care how you got there. Couldn't Dude, care less. Here's the thing about it. He's just a fucking good writer. He's a fucking good guy. And he deserves to have a New York Times bestseller. Now, oh, um, what he just announced, as far as I'm aware today, is that um, at least the first Miriam Black book is now back in print in hardcover. I did see that, and that's very exciting, too, which means that uh, somebody, I'm guessing, has a lot of belief. I have to assume either, A, it's because he's now a New York Times bestselling author, which, as I was saying it, I realized <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that this is traction for the TV show. Probably both, but this new print could very well see similar sales, I'm guessing, to the Star Wars thing. Mm. No? I, mean, I, I have to that. imagine that the Star Wars thing falls into into this category, and this is this is strictly a guess. There are so many people that are so into Star Wars that they buy this, and they they not necessarily even with the intention of reading it, or maybe with all the intention of reading it. But I, I do truly believe that when something gets that high on the New York Times bestseller list, there is a subset of people, not the same people, but that always have a reason to buy it and will not read it. Sure. Does that make sense? Like yeah. the airport sale, like, oh, I'm totally going to read this book on the airplane because it's here and that's all you can get at the airport is the top you know, 50 books or whatever. And then instead you play Angry Birds on your phone for four hours during your flight. But it doesn't matter. You still sold the book. Well, I'm thinking about this too. Like He's got brand recognition now. His name is out there from the people who bought the book, from the people who read articles about the controversy um, and from the original fans. And so I think he's going to seek... I mean, I know, I'm guessing that it has to be more than the original print run. Um, and I'm hoping that he gets some pretty good sales off of that. And remains our best friend. Those people. Can you imagine the shock of like, oh, I just finished this book. And there's this Wookiee with a lightsaber fighting a Greedo or whatever. And then you open up a <laughs> black book. <laughs> I was trying to hold it in. You just said like three words that had to do with Star Wars and you didn't have any idea what they meant, did you? I actually know what all of them meant. All right. <laughs> that, was, that was more a little for show. <laughs> I know Chewbacca's a Wookiee and Wookiees don't use lightsabers because they're Jedis and Greedo was killed by Han Solo a long time ago. Yeah, but who shot first? That's the controversy, right? Yeah, I don't even know. I know, I don't know. Han, I imagine, Han I imagine there's an. Yeah, I imagine there's probably an answer if it's truly a controversy because I was pretty sure Han shot first, but. I imagine George Lucas just knows the answer. Oh, he's and that means Chuck it. Wendig. That means Chuck Wendig knows the answer because oh, he's got to be like this with Lucas. I'm doing that finger cross thing. Yeah, like him and Lucas. Oh, like we're entwined, two fingers yes. entwined. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because it makes for great podcasting. It does. Um, we'll get that. Listen, we're new. We'll get the hang of this eventually. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Happy for Chuck. I'm going to go ahead and just predict he's going to be. At least in the top 20 New York Times for Blackbirds. Mm. I'm going to let you go yeah, with that that's prediction. Fine. You can fight me on it. That's fine. I, I don't I don't think so. I think he's going to see decent sales. And a lot of that's going to have to do with placement, too. So when you get up that high, a lot of it has to be that your um, placement. So the bookstores get it because they're like, oh, Chuck Wendig. Now, does it go on the table? Does it go on the table under a sign that says author of the best-selling Star Wars book? You know what I mean? A lot of that's yeah. going to have to do with, you know, is it going to go to Walmart? Uh, no. You know what I Ooh, mean? It's speaking of, 
I gotta run over to Target tomorrow and pick up my 30% off copy of the Star Wars Aftermath book. Oh, you're gonna go you're gonna go paper on this one, huh? Fucking check winding, man. Okay. Alright. Sorry. I always buy print copies of our best friends yeah. books. Um in in I don't know. I don't want to say similar news, but in the same vein, let, let's stay this way. And this is part, actually not part of our list of things, but it's something that occurred to me earlier today. Um, another friend of the show, Josh Mallerman, um, is apparently fucking having ridiculous success with Bird Box. He's in like fucking, I don't know, like Mexico or Venezuela or it's Peru. Brazil. Or Brazil right now. And all I know is this guy is doing like 10 signings a day. Every time I go online, he's at some signing and there's a bunch of people who love him. I don't even know if they speak English, but they absolutely adore the guy. How fucking cool is it? That this guy is in Brazil. That's in South America, right? Yeah, still. All right. yeah. He's in, it's still in South America. That's where, or no, Argentina is where they hide the Nazis. Yes, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Like, oh, wait, listen, I know my shit about Nazi hide. <laughs> um, so he's in Brazil and all I know is it's like, pictures of his of his lady friend on a beach and then pictures of him being mobbed with fans who all love bird box yep um in brazil so <clears throat> congratulations to josh mallerman let me get that out of the way but i was doing some thinking oh so yeah i have not mentioned this to rob yet but i, I was thinking about this because i was like oh, i'll publish or pay him to go there and then we had who who was it i made a few people um uh, hinkson was in france right not that long yeah. ago people are getting paid by supporters of their family, you know, by, you know, publishers or, or whatever to go to other countries. Now we have listeners outside the U S we do. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I think that we're more popular outside the U S than we are inside. the US. <laughs> do you, do you, do you, you follow me on this? You agree uh, with this a little bit? Uh, I'm hesitant to agree okay. with you on that one, but right. we do have a strong following in some other countries. We do. So I was doing a little bit of math and a little bit of figuring out. Ooh. Here's what we need to do. I'm going to go with England is probably where one of our biggest support bases is outside of the United States, right? I will agree with that. All right. So sat down. I did a little bit of math. Uh-oh. Now, there are about 180,000 people. Oh, I want to correct this. <laughs> I was po- it was pointed out to me that I was really, really wrong. I had said there are 180,000 people in the U.K., <laughs> It's not what I meant. I slipped up. I meant 180,000 people just in England. Because if you had in Scotland, it's got to be well over 250,000 people. So 180,000 people in England. Just stay with me on this, all right? I'm trying. So um, I have to figure that uh, of our form of podcast probably probably doesn't appeal to everybody. So let's say only half of the British people actually <laughs> like us, right? All that right. takes us down to 90,000 people. Yeah. Okay. Half of them are women. So you can tell they don't listen. They don't care. They don't like us. So that takes us down to 45,000 people. All right. And then you should probably subtract out the queen. She probably doesn't listen either. Um, you don't think the queen listens? I don't think the queen listens. Uh, any rate. All right. I mean, do you think it's a Buckingham Palace thing or? You know what? I don't know. We'll leave the queen in there. So to, to round out the numbers, yeah. doing this from 44,999 is going to be a little difficult. <laughs> 18,000 of them are probably children. So that takes us down to 27,000 potential listeners, right? Because children shouldn't be listening. Yeah, probably not. Then if you take out all those people that talk like uh, like Rose from Doctor Who who's on Penny Dreadful, the whore. What's her name? <laughs> the character's name is Brona. Yeah. So if you take out all the ones that talk like Brona, because they don't read books. So if you take them out. <laughs> I think you're, you're down to the about, Welsh. Hold on. You're down to about 10,000 people. We're almost there, man. We're almost there. I just want you to know, I really, really, I sat down and I, I really thought about this. So 10,000 people in England, okay, that could potentially be listeners of this podcast. Including the queen. Including the queen. Okay. Now. If each one of them, if each one of them just put up one ounce, <laughs> one ounce, that comes out to 625 pounds. Now, I'm thinking, and I'm just guessing because I haven't been on a scale in a while, but I think mine and your combined <laughs> is probably right around 600 pounds. That should be enough money for us to go to England <laughs> for like a week. And what we could do is live podcasts 
all across England, which I know is only like 40 square miles or something, so we won't have to do a lot of traveling. <sighs> if Josh Mallerman could do this in Brazil, which is so much bigger than England, you know, don't you think? Don't you think? Um, I, I cannot find a flaw with your plan. I'm telling you, the math is right. The math is right. It's 9,600 ounces, 600 pounds. I don't think that's a lot to ask for, one ounce from each one of those people. So are you are you making a direct appeal to Yeah, send how many, us your ounces. How many of the U- UK I'm sorry, British listeners? How many? Uh, we're gonna need about ten thousand. Ten thousand of them? Yeah. There's sixteen ounces to a pound. Right? <laughs> we got Craig Wallwork. That's Craig. one. We've got Michael Wilson. Michael Wilson, Dan. Dan, I don't think Dan likes us, remember? He was like, oh, I'm here now. Like, he didn't want to make plans. So I didn't know if we can count him. Well, he could send it as, like, making up for it, you know. That's that's true. Yeah. That's that's true. Maybe we get two two ounces out of him. Yeah. I think we're on a roll. John Costello, I think he liked us. Yeah. He's a good guy. I like that guy. Yeah, I did too. Did. Do. I still do, John. It's not It's not over between us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's that there's that other guy whose book we reviewed, the one with the 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 Santipede reindeer set. Oh yeah. Um Adam Millard, is that what it, it is? Yeah. I think it's Mallard, maybe. Well, I don't know. I think maybe it's M I L L A R D, but then Michael Wilson pronounced it all fucking British. So, there you go. Oh, I mean that's listen, we're we're making we're making headway there. So at any rate, that's our, that's our ticket out of here. That's our ticket to, to get over there. <laughs> so Josh but, Mailerman inspired you to beg the British for money so that we yeah. could go do what? Live podcasts? Well, I think, I mean, he's doing signings and stuff of his book. So, I mean, I think that's what we would have to do is just a series of live podcasts. Hey, our book anthology was highly regarded in a, in a review by I mean, a, a we'll, British we'll, operation. We'll bring, we'll bring copies. I mean, we've still got to have a dozen copies laying around, right? Let me count. I got one, two, three, four, five, eight. Yeah, and I've got on like my shelf three or four. And if we take the ISBNs off, we could be part of the Shadow Publishers. Oh man, that's so cool! Yeah. So there you go. Bring that Shadow right to the UK. Yep, I'm telling you, man, we're in. On our way there, you could pick up a copy of Aftermath at the, at the <laughs> bookstore at the at the airport that you won't read because you're playing Angry Birds on the newest iPhone. I gotta tell you, is Angry Birds still a thing? Oh, there's a new Angry Birds. Is it Angry Birds 2? It is Angry Birds 2. Oh, fuck. I was joking. Which is really weird because there have been like eight other Angry Birds (laughs) since Angry Birds 1. (laughs) And I got to tell you, there are nights where I pop on to play a little bit and I wind up staying up like much later than I thought because fucking Brandon Teets, it shows you if you're friends with somebody, like how far ahead of you they are. Okay. Well, not how far ahead, but like if I go to a level, it'll show me what he scored. And I'm like, God damn it. He can't be that many levels ahead of me. So I've got to play and get past that level because I'm trying and I can never get ahead of him. <laughs> what if he's done with it and you just don't know that? Like if he finished the whole game? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I guess then I have to finish the whole game to find out. Fucking Angry Birds too, man. Fucking Angry Birds. <laughs> I will tell you though, um, I was at the airport uh, <laughs> a month ago. And I did go into an airport bookstore, and guess what I saw? Uh, Bird Box? Bird Box. Was it, were you on a trip to, where'd you say he was? Venezuela? Brazil, Rio de Janeiro, I think. Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. Rio Jardinero. <laughs> Rio, Angry Birds Rio. That was totally a game. That was totally a game. That was a fun game. I like that. It's all fucking ties together, man. But see, I think that was actually like Angry Birds 2. But instead, for some reason, they didn't come out with part two until it's changed a lot. There's a lot of interesting stuff in there. You should totally play it. Yeah. I'm not going to. While we're on silly games that waste your time on the phone, Fallout Shelter? Uh, anything? No? Mm, you know what I'm talking no. about? No. Okay. Sorry. It's another time suck. I play my SimCity Build It, and that's it. Mm, interesting. Don't judge me, fucking Angry Birds. Sim City, Sim City, man, it's fucking. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have no real justification for playing it because it's essentially you're giving yourself responsibility. <laughs> There's no, I mean, that's kind of fun. Yeah, 
I imagine it's probably not too far different from Fallout Shelter in which you are the, the overseer for a Fallout Shelter and you have to continue to build rooms and all the rooms work very intricately. Like you have to have an energy room to power your other rooms. Okay, so we're then very you similar. Water. Yeah, yeah. So I, I would imagine they're similar in style. Uh, don't you miss just reviewing books? I miss reviewing books. Right now is one of those times where I'm like, let's just let's just give it some stars. <laughs> You want to give Fallout Shelter some stars? I'd love Fallout Shelter. Five fucking stars for Fallout Shelter. I'm going to give three and a half stars to SimCity Build It. Just three and a half and you keep playing it? I don't know. See, You see my issue there, right? There's got to be better games. Yeah, there probably is. I don't know what to say. Okay. I, got... <laughs> I have then nothing say... funny to say about SimCity Build It. I'm probably... I apologize. Say nothing. Um... So the only other thing that yeah, I don't even know if this is worth fucking talking about. I guess it's worth talking about because people may have seen it pop up in the book podcast listening group or somewhere else online. Nick Corpin. <laughs> fucking I was going to say friend of the show because we say it all the time, but let's face it. I'm pretty sure this guy's just an antagonist now. I don't even think he's a friend of the show anymore. Um, <laughs> has started, albeit small, a campaign nonetheless. To get us to review It's So Thick <laughs> by um, by uh, Rose Temper. Oh, and, I get it. Rose Temper? Like my temper rose. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, maybe. That could be it. So, um, And uh, he's done this. He's perplexed me because I still don't understand the horse in the window from the soon thing that people get. Like, I don't even know what that means. And I, I further yeah. don't know what it means now because now he continues to share and post a picture of a horse looking out a window and in, in, in letters above and below it, it says it's so thick. Um, but it's not just him. No, there have been others. I've gotten messages. Like it's, it's getting a little out of hand. It is a, an aggressive, tactic i'm gonna say that so i don't know man i'm thinking i tried my tactic on him as well did you did you catch that i i I did he posted it's so thick somewhere and i and i commented on it in facebook and i said guest review question mark and he said i can't remember what he said it was very non-committal but it was not a no yeah something like that would be crazy we don't we don't fold to these terrorist type tactics, Corbett. Yeah. I yeah, want buddy. you to know. It's going to take a lot more than posting pictures of a horse looking out a window <laughs> saying it's so thick to get us to do this. Um, that being said, if for listeners who aren't familiar, do you do you, you want to tell them what it's so thick is about? Yes. Okay. So Rob just grabbed his autographed copy by Rose Temper off the shelf. His paper book. So I'm at the Amazon page right now for It's So Thick. In parentheses, first time older man, younger woman collection. Collection. And um, here is the description. This taboo box set is just so thick. All stories in this hot value bundle feature girls having their first time with a man that can really fill them up. Now here are the words that are in bold. Hot value bundle, first time, and fill them up. And then it says, and there's no way he's going to waste the opportunity by pulling out. (laughs) Then there's a length, (laughs) which is 115 pages. Now, mind you, that's the length, not the width. Oh, no. Did you look at the reviews? Uh, I am scrolling to the reviews right now. Oh, no, Rose. She's got three reviews. (laughs) Oh, here it goes. My favorite one. One star review by Magic Michael. <laughs> oh, I love this. Did not order this and do not know how I got yes. my cue. <laughs> Was that Shane McKenzie? Yes. Oh, Shane, this one goes out to you, buddy. Um, here are the other reviews, since we're not going to be reviewing it. It's very good, very descriptive. That's five stars by DJ O'Connor. And the other one is one star from Professional Student, which... I don't know how that works. You have to be paid to be right. I'd hope I'd hope for a story, no beginning, middle, or end. Just three very random sexual escapades, poorly conceptualized and therefore poorly presented. But dot dot dot. I finished it. 
won't seek this author out again. And kind of in in a, in a bit of humor, the title of that review is a question mark followed by an exclamation point, which is those two symbols combined form a an intero bang. Oh God, I should have known you were going that route. <sighs> intero bang. I'm looking at the list of books by Rose Temper. It's so thick. Bundle is on top. Taboo Secrets. Step Secrets Volume 2. 29 and a Half Reasons. A Rose Gardener Mystery. I thought that was a Richard Thomas story. Oh, wait. That's not by... <laughs> that's not by Rose Temper anyway. The Taboo Pregnancy Bundle. That one, actually, I don't... So, I, it's... It's funny because I guess, I mean, I think I get what taboo pregnancy means, but it's this three story bareback collection. Yeah. Like they want you to know bareback, I believe, means um, without protection. Is that kind of That's when you're on a horse and it doesn't have a saddle. Oh. Oh, well, that sounds much better than what I thought it was. <laughs> so that she got pregnant from. Where, where, wait, did they have sex on top of the horse? Maybe. Maybe she had sex with a horse. Is that a whole different thing? That could be, well, I'm guessing that would be bareback. <laughs> so here's the, and, and sometimes I think that the stuff in the parentheses is even, even better than the title. So this is called The Dirty Daughters uh, Don't Pull Out. In parentheses it says, Taboo Older Men, I'm sorry, Taboo Older Man, Younger Woman, First Time Pregnancy. Like these are getting really, really specific genre wise. Like, <laughs> How about Milf Chronicles Handyman, in parentheses, Cuckold? Romantic short. Oh, I read that one. Was it romantic? I don't. I didn't read it. Yeah. I thought if I said that convincingly enough. And then, of course, there's yeah. a bunch of taboo millionaire because that's a big thing. Dark chocolate, interracial taboo, erotica. Any rate, so yeah, that's what uh, that's what the Corpin campaign is uh, is lobbying for. I am lobbying for Corpin to get next to that horse in the window and jump out the window. <laughs> Here's my thought now. I got a little conspiracy theory, especially since there's like a window in a in a building, like JFK assassination. Um, That's kind of a stretch, but what if Corpon has being employed by someone who's trying to take our podcast down because they have their own podcast and they want to get us out of the way? Huh. So he's trying to undermine us by getting us to read crappy books and talk about them. You think he's on? You think he's on, on you know, board with another podcast? I think he's on the payroll somewhere. You think there are podcasts that get paid? Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that reminds me. We should probably talk about our Patreon. <laughs> Patreon. That's perfect. Perfect segment. Listen, first before we ask anybody for money, can we talk about what we do for the listeners? Yes. The mailing list. The newsletter. I'm not supposed to call it a mailing list, right? God damn it. Sorry. Sorry, Ryan. Intern Ryan. Yeah, sign up. So here's what you're going to get. Free copy of the book anthology, digital copy, including stories by Pale and Rob Olson that have never seen paper before. That's not true. Rob gave me, I think, some on paper. I printed it <laughs> Probably wrote it down somewhere once. Never, yeah. never in a book. Right. Um, and, and the copy that you're getting does not have an ISBN. Oh, damn, you're right. It does not. It will not have an ISBN. That's right. Part of the shadow publishing industry. So you can get one of those. And what do they have to do, Rob? Well, um, I'm just going to let our marketing intern, Ryan, tell you about that. Hey, I'm Ryan, the Books Podcast's marketing intern. I'm trying to get subscribers to the book to podcast.com so I can keep my job. I'm going to send out a link to that 1.75 million word book Livius was talking about in episode 271. I'm about 47% through the book, and it is awesome. Also, those nerds talked about what burgers they ate at the comic convention. In case you were wondering, I had the Diablo burger, which was all things spicy. And they didn't mention it because I'm the intern. So sign up for the newsletter, and you'll get the book anthology for free, as well as the musing of these nerds. They won't flood your inbox with crap, just delicious book news at bookedpodcast.com. Thanks, and on with the show. Also, I love sci-fi. That was our marketing intern, Ryan, telling you about the Booked Podcast newsletter. So hurry up, sign up. We're almost where we need to be to start sending content. Oh. I, I do want to apologize because we didn't give you any fair warning this time 
that you were going to be hearing Ryan, the intern. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's that's my fault. Might have seemed a little ball. sudden. <laughs> I dropped the ball on that. Um, listen, listen. What, what do you think? How many more? How many more uh, Brits have to submit pounds or whatever they use to to, to get Ryan to go with us? Um, I don't know. He's 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 kind of tall and a little bit stocky. Yeah, we're probably going to need another just to be safe. Let's put it at 250, 250 more pounds. All right. So I don't know what that works out to in, in ounces. And do you know there's nothing smaller than ounces? <laughs> I know the scientists might disagree with you. No, no. When you look up the, the measurement that is, that's, that's mass, right? It's pounds and ounces. It's weight. Is it weight? <laughs> yes. If you look it up, I'm telling you, if you Google this shit, it's tons, pounds, ounces and it actually says ounces is the lowest measure hold on i'm gonna pull this up this is why we need ryan well you know there's the metric system well yeah well i mean we'll have to use that when we're over there but we don't have to use it while we're here wait a minute if they're on the metric system why do they use pounds for money (laughs) i am really kind of astonished by that too they actually drive in miles per hour too did you know that seriously i totally thought that was gonna be kilometers there no canada does which is part of yeah, I was in Canada like, briefly. Yeah, yeah. Canada has the Queen, right? That's part of the whole thing, right? No, they have a prime minister. Right, I know that, but like, they're they're part of the the UK, right? No. All right, we're looking this up. Okay, what is in the UK? See, you're starting to sound like me, and I don't know if you're just mocking me now to see if I'll agree with that. <laughs> all right, so let's see. Oh, but all right, so the UK is Great Britain and Northern Ireland. It's Scotland. Okay, but the Queen, they fucking care about the Queen in in um, Canada. I'm 100% sure of it. Well, I've got to say, listen, I care about the Queen too. <laughs> doesn't mean that she governs here she's a monarch it's like a butterfly hold your tits hang on all right i know i'm fucking probably maybe they're partnered up with the french right like the canadians and the french are close well they're french canadians because of like because fucking france overtook canada in the war of (laughs) fucking france canada i don't know (laughs) Listen, I can tell you, they don't give a shit about the Queen in Canada. Hold on. Man, I saw a giant list of countries. <sighs> do I just hang it up, or do I, do I push through Dude, here? she's the Queen of England. <laughs> That's her title. British Commonwealth. Yeah. Canada's part of the British Commonwealth. Maybe that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> can, I, can I read to you from a website while you're doing this? Mm-hmm. This is from mathisfun.com, the authority on U.S. standard mass and weight. We measure mass by weighing. These are the most common measurements of mass, ounces, pounds, and ton. The ounce, the smallest unit of mass is ounces. Wait, say that one more time. The smallest unit of mass is ounces. How do you measure really tiny things then? Not in, not, not in mass. I, I, I don't know, man. Paul Tremblay... You're a math guy. What's what's smaller than ounce? Like, how do I break down ounces to something smaller than that, than ounces? And also, it says, but be careful. Ounce and fluid ounce are different. Ounce is mass. Fluid ounce is volume. Mm. We'll have to... All right, so listen to this shit, man. Current Commonwealth realms includes Canada. Starting in the 1931 to today, Canada is part of the commonwealth hmm that's interesting told you I saw a big list of countries that's um that that's actually kind of interesting I'm go I'm gonna do some research on this not because I don't not not because I don't Believe. you wanna hear some other countries that are in the commonwealth sure this is gonna blow your tits off okay I'm ready um Australia second time you've referenced my tits this episode BPW <laughs> Australia the Bahamas, Barbados, Belize, Canada, Grenada, Jamaica, New Zealand, Papua New Guinea, St. Kitts, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, 
Solomon Islands, St. Louis, Tuvalu, <laughs> and the United Kingdom. Did you say Bollywood? Tuvalu. Tuvalu? Oh. Tuvalu? Yeah. She's queen of all that shit. Technically speaking, Queen Elizabeth is the sovereign of the parliamentary democracy and constitutional monarchy of Canada. Unless you frequently use Canadian money or are particularly savvy with regard to Canadian politics, you may not have known that they have any kind of monarchy. Well, all right. So she's apparently pretty big fucking deal then, right? Well, Maybe no, we because just need to get her to listen. The, <laughs> the queen. Yeah. the Yeah. The queen. Or I mean, I would settle for a queen. Dude, listen, you moved away from all the queens. You fucking up and left all the queens. Okay. So settling for a queen now in your current neighborhood is going to be a lot harder than settling for a queen where you used to live. How about someone from Queens? No, fuck no, dude. Yeah, New Yorkers are fucking weird. Yeah, and Queens is not a good neighborhood, right? <laughs> yeah, that's where that's where bad things happen, right? Yeah, I think so. That's like the Detroit of New York. Yeah. Did you ever watch King of Queens? The show's awful. No. No. Why would I watch that? That sounds good. Yeah. So right. there was our combination <laughs> math and history lesson for Booked. I'm going to have a lot of fun editing that down. You're going to edit that? <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of... Uh, what else we got? Do we... Nothing. Hey, you know what was on tonight? And I was at work, so I'm going to have to catch this on the DVR. The Bastard Executioner. Oh, Yeah. Am I right in assuming that that's just Sons of Anarchy on horses? I don't know. I mean, they're still riding something. It's, yeah, it's written by the same guy. Yeah, Kurt Sutter. It takes place in the past, though, so maybe. And it's um, Katie Seagal is one of the lead characters. Because apparently... Now listen, I love Katie Seagal. I've loved Katie Seagal since Married with Children, okay? But goddamn, it seems like that's the only way she can get work. Is if her husband's like the show creator. <laughs> Fucking good for her. Maybe she just wants to work with him. Hey, did you did you watch Sons of Anarchy at all? I, mean, I gave up after like season three. Okay, I um, I think we did we talk about this on the podcast about how they were doing a prequel, like a one shot, like eight episode prequel is what he had planned. It was going to be about like Jack's dad, like all the controversy. From... No, we didn't. Okay, I think we talked I, about it, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that people know this. Shop. This was big news. Right around the finale time of Sons of Anarchy. But this past week, it was announced that he's working on a, a spinoff show that's about the, the the Mexican biker gang, the Caballeros or whatever. The Mayans. The Mayans. What did you call them at first? Caballeros. What does that mean? Um, that that's the, I think that's Spanish for like um, landowners. It's from Zorro the Gay Blade. I don't know. Okay. All right. I don't have to explain myself okay. to you. No, I mean, obviously. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, but Kurt Sutter, man, listen, I'm glad you're doing the bastard execution. I'm not going to be surprised if we find out that these are, you know, ancestors of the Sons of Anarchy or whatever. But I was thinking <laughs> if he keeps going at this rate, we're going to have like Sons of Anarchy in space where it's like 60 <laughs> years in the future. <laughs> They're riding those little those little uh, motorcycles from from Return of the Jedi. <laughs> Are they fighting Ewoks? They might be fighting Ewoks. Well, Ewoks will have their own gang, and it'll be they fight the Ewoks, <laughs> but sometimes they have to partner up with them against the Caballeros, the space against Caballeros. The Caballeros. Yeah, so that's 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 coming. Twenty twenty six, we'll see Kurt Sutter's eighteenth show. But it's all going to be based on Hamlet, right? Every iteration of things. Well, yeah, it has to be, doesn't it? Hamlet, yeah. It's the only story that exists. Yeah, it's going to be Jack's, Jack's like, great-grandson in outer space. I can't wait. Yeah, I know. You're gonna Kurt have to Sutter's going to be in it somewhere, probably in prison, with a, missing an eye. Fucking. I, I, I He's ugly. Like, I, I, was saying, I guess I could look at what that guy really looks like in real life, but from Sons of Anarchy, yeah, he has to be one of the foulest-looking human beings. <laughs> He's not winning any beauty contests. So, any rate, so that's that's there. You go. That's now we talked about TV shows too. That's good. That's good. Anything else completely unrelated to books you want to talk about? I don't think so, man. Hang on, let me look around my bedroom and see if I get any inspiration. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. Oh no, it's related to books, but yes, I do. Um, By all means, go ahead. This just came across the wire earlier today, and um, I'm very happy. Um, and actually looking around my bedroom did help. Um, so 
you know, you remember the the booked anthology? It vaguely familiar rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, there's this guy who we published in there, uh, Mark Rapox. Oh, yeah, I totally know who that is. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, absolutely. He put up on Facebook today, I believe, that he has a new book coming out. I think it's called Boondoggle. I'm on his Facebook page and I'm having trouble finding it. And it is published by, I think it's 230 Steps. Is that the name of the publisher? The same one that did um, Josh Stevens and uh, Eric Beatner. Yep, I think so. I think it's 230 steps, which is a really cool name. I don't know what it means. I don't want to know what it means because it right. sounds really cool. And if I hear the explanation, I'll be like, oh, that's so much weaker than what I thought. Um, it's not It's not the amount of steps it takes to walk to the electric chair because that's 107 steps. Oh, okay. I need to know that. I don't know how well, it's that's, the same but for see, all I was like, that's going to be like, oh, I have one of those backyard shed offices and that's how far I have to walk it you know and I'll be like right. oh, all right because see like walking to the electric chair I could buy it like oh that's really cool that's a cool name right um yeah so congratulations to Mark for for throwing a book on 230 steps I think it's called I'm like 99% sure it's called boondoggle um terrible name wow all right. Listen, friends of the podcast, run your names by us. We will tell you what not to name your book. Apparently, fuck. I, I like Mark. Um, <laughs> maybe it makes perfect sense when you read the book, but the thing to remember is we had this conversation, or I had part of this conversation online with Craig Walwork about his book. A book title has to draw you in. The fact that it pays off after you've read the book doesn't help get anyone to read your book. Does that make sense? There's some wisdom in that, yeah. Yeah, so you have to have a name that, that's attractive to people that draws them in so they want to read your book. The best explanation for a title in the world, and we've seen them, we've talked about them here on the podcast, I'm sure we're like, ah, the title's brilliant because of this particular part. Had we not have read the book. Title not brilliant? Yeah, then title, just title. Yeah, so any rate. I like Mark. Maybe we should put that on the list. Oh, I think it's definitely a possibility. He's got some solid writing skills. Yes, he does. And he's a really nice guy, too. Yeah, super good guy. That doesn't, that doesn't hurt any. Um, oh, and Mark, by the way, I don't know if you noticed earlier, Wendig Podcast, bestseller, Tremblay Podcast Friend, Booked Anthology, you know, going to be a bestseller or something. I don't know. You know, there's there's been a lot of that, so this might be your ticket to the big time, buddy. Don't forget where you came from. That's right. Remember the little people. I think that's as good enough a way to go out on as any other. So that's, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so at any rate, I don't think we mentioned it. Patreon, send us your monies. One dollar a month gets you early access to the episodes. Uh, Rob and I have been talking. So Rob and I had a meeting, which uh, happens less frequently than people would think, where we did talk about. Um, and and I don't know how ready we are to, to disclose what one of our um, goals for Patreon is going to be. Pretty fucking cool though. That if uh, a milestone, it, it won't get you guys anything. Of course, it's just for us. But we, we are talking some Patreon um, goals. So we're going to need people to send us some money before we can achieve these Patreon goals. And let's not confuse this with the let's get the British to send us to England. That's a completely separate thing. That's not part of Patreon. Right. This is They're an addition to. That's to... separate on their own. Yeah. Right. That's, right. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, Rob and I were talking about some pretty cool stuff um, just last week. And uh, I don't know, maybe we'll draw something up for the Patreon page soon for that. So, yeah. At any rate, send us a buck a week. Get early access to the episodes. Get our eternal gratitude. Get a shout-out. Shout-outs on the podcast, right? Michael Wilson, you're going to shout it out, buddy. <laughs> um, that means. Content is around the corner, too. Um, is it okay if I talk about the website? Absolutely. So um, I am in the process of revamping and overhauling the website with a focus on... Um, really kind of presenting the sprawl of things that we've done over the years. Cause I have a worry that we probably both have a worry that some of our older stuff tends to get lost. So I'm in the process of working on a way to group stuff together so that it's easier to get to and stuff like that. And trying to put together some themes and stuff like that, maybe kind of bundles like it's so thick. Um, so that is going to really help push, a variety of content. Um, ooh, and I'm going to do something that we never ever do. And it's going to, it's, um, we're acknowledging an email we got through our website. Okay, let's do this. 
By the way, I want you to know that when he's talking about this, this is all done um, thanks to Patreon supporters. That's where you had the money to do this. It's odd because I didn't think website stuff cost money. Yeah. Uh, until we started doing this podcast. So, <laughs> until you yeah, started doing a podcast with me. Pretty much, yeah. So we had to shell out some. Uh, some. I mean, I knew you had to like pay for hosting or whatever. But yeah, no, we had to shell out some bucks for this. And uh, um, it, it's going to look great. I saw some kind of like preview shots of it today. So yeah. excited about this. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, really quick, we got an email today from Chris through our contact us form. That's basically telling you not to contact us, but he did it anyway. And I think that's why I feel that we should go through with this. Chris says, um, it would be super duper awesome if you could add a search bar on this here website. Boom. Thanks for doing what you do. What are all the beeps? Did he send a bunch of beeps in his email? Because if he did, that guy's an asshole. No, that, that was my Apple watch. I apologize. Okay. That's, that's all right. Uh, thanks for what you do. Um, and then under the we, I, there's a required field called book we won't review, and he called it the case of the missing search bar. Um, Chris, in fact, we appreciate you reaching out to us so much that um, Rob and I just kind of went off air and talked. And, and there are, uh, there's money in the Patreon account, and we have used that money to time travel. So that search bar, it's already there, buddy. We went back and we put it in retroactively. Um, now, depending on when you actually looked for it, it may have not been there now. But Rob, tell him where we put it so he knows where to find it. If you go to the website any time after like September twelfth of two thousand fifteen, you will find in the top right corner of the website a little magnifying glass, and if you click on that, it gives you the option to search the website. In the event, now here's the weird thing, because now we'll be able to test this theory, because here's the problem with when you watch time travel movies and stuff, it's the <laughs> paradox. If if he went there after September 12th or the 11th or the 11th of August and uh -huh. the search bar was already there, then we never would have gotten the email and we never would have time traveled. Well, So we won't know. The email is dated today, which is the 15th. Okay, well, we'll find out, I guess. So this whole thing could cause two podcasters to wink right out of existence, I think. <laughs> or one listener, or which, one would, list which would be just as devastating. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Watch this. Do you remember that guy, Chris? I don't. Chris who? <laughs> yeah, so. Chris, thank you for thanking us. We love you and we love doing this. Um, and you guys are the reason we do this. Plus, it's the only way I can get Rob to talk to me for more than 10 minutes every week. What do you think about sending Chris something? We have his email address. Let's send. What do you want to send him? You want to send him a copy of the book anthology? Got, that's the only thing we have to send. <laughs> let's let's send him that. I don't know. I don't know. You can send him. Um, do we have any selfies of Ryan that maybe he took when we were at the the comic book thing? <laughs> can you just get Ryan to take a selfie? Hold on. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let's message. Let's message the booked intern and tell him we need a selfie. It's eleven o'clock at night. Is it too late for me to message him? No, you're fine. I'm sure he has insomnia or something. Ryan. <laughs> Sharing his personal stuff. A selfie. All right. So as soon as um, he responds with the selfie, um, we will email it right over to Chris as a thank you. There you go, Chris. Thanks for reaching out. <laughs> Search bar done. And oh, Rob, that's Rob is really yeah. Rob's like leaning back in his chair, and he's like the things I do for this podcast. <laughs> and that's the fucking thing we time traveled for. Like, Livius, you know me, and you know. You, you just know me. I know. I know. The things that I have... I can think of at least three specific situations that would be more worthwhile to time travel for. But we did it for Chris. Um, but now here's the problem. We completely exhausted the Patreon fund. Time travel. <laughs> oh, shit. Chris, yeah, send a dollar. Everybody else send a dollar. If you're minute. British, send ounces or fucking grams or something. Because fucking Rob's arguing with me on if there's a measurement lower than ounces. I don't know. But uh, send milliliters. Send, I don't know, what else they have. What are they using in, <laughs> what are they using in Rio de Janeiro? Send us some of that. We're going to travel the world. I, I am suddenly very paranoid that Chris also time-traveled and is already supporting us on Patreon. Oh, we'll see. That, this is uh, all damn it. perfect. There is a Chris. There is a Chris. We love you, Chris. Maybe we... Wow. Maybe we set off like a time-traveling race. <laughs> this is awesome. This is kind of crazy. Oh, somebody somebody travel back in time and I'll do Chris. <laughs> Look gonna... again. Does anything change? 
<laughs> For the sake of Chris's anonymity, I'm not going to divulge what he's contributing. <laughs> but just do better than that. There you go. Um, you know, I think we only read the one time travel book, right? I mean, we read the 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 weird um, God damn it, the Garrett Cook book. The what the hell is it time called? Time pimp. Time pimp. But that, I don't know if that qualified necessarily as a time travel in the way I'm thinking. You're thinking like Shining Girls. I'm thinking like Shining Girls. Yeah. Um, we need to do, we need to do something like that. We need to time travel to kill people. <laughs> yes. Livia, can we talk about this off the podcast? Well, listen, we'll just time travel back and then edit it out. Oh, and we'll kill the people who heard it. Oh, we'll edit it out. All right. That's a much more reasonable solution. All right. Um, Yes, I agree. We need to do more time travel stuff so we can get really confused and talk about it. Yep. Until then, until last week, (laughs) I'm (laughs) Olivia Snedden. And I'm Rob Olson. Keep have been reading uh, again.